0: Wonderful Abra intro from Zucchini Soup, orchestrated and run by one of the greatest trios roaming around the Southern Hemisphere, hopefully the Northern Hemisphere too, under the pseudonym Akem Fodad. Now some of you have deciphered the code into Dad of Macca. And I implore you to think further. That is too simple. And we would not get Macca's dad on the podcast. And to make our theme music. So send in some better better code cracking skills. Um, it's just me today, Muz. There's no Macca. And we do apologise for their no episode for the last six, eight months or so. I solely blame Macca for that. And I'll give no explanation why. Uh, in, in summary, I'm in London. He's in, He's in Sydney. And he's quite important now. Um, so he thinks, but, but I, I do miss him a lot. So th- this is going to be a different bit of a different flow today. It's just going to be me. It's going to be a shorter episode. Now it's not a traditional Abra experience. There's less jokes. There's less bullying because it is just me, but I'm sure you'll all find something I've said and pointed out, but it, it, we're giving this a go. This is just a, a one-off. See how the format goes, send in your requests, send in some tips if you think it was shit house, but um, just going to be me rambling today. Now, I didn't even tell Maka I was doing this episode, and I think if when he does find out that I've done this, he will say something along the lines of, I'd rather die in isolation with bees biting my dick off with no anesthetic, than listen to you ramble for half an hour, which is fair enough. But here we are. Let's give it a go. So as I said, I'm in London. Um, it's quite nice. Yeah, sort of Buckingham Palace. It's all right. Um, There's a good game I like playing. Is that fireworks or is it gunshots? Which is a, a bit of a nightly ritual as I walk home from work. People stand on the right here and walk on the left. It's they drive on the left. It's fucking stupid. Uh, Tesco is like the big store here, kind of like Woolworths Coles. It's a fucking rip-off. Um, don't know much about UK politics. Boris seems like a bit of a dick. Uh, yeah, um, good news though, Dockers are doing a show in a few weeks in London. We know there is, I know for a fact, there is at least one listener from London. Now we see the numbers and it says there's plenty, but I do know one that has listened that lives in London. So come to our show, 8th of December. We've got a whole new... A new band lineup, maybe a few new songs. Uh, and I can I can tell you now, there will be a Dockers album in the next six months. Now I know most of you aren't here to hear about the Dockers, so let's get on with the Abra. What have I done lately? I watched Oh, sorry, let me let me do the bit. I'll be Macca and you uh, Hey, why the name? And this is Macca. Uh Abra. Ah, oh, thanks Maca. So he's here in spirit. I um I watched that movie The Guilty recently with uh, Jack Gyllenhaal. He's a good actor. Movie was pretty pretty stupid. He it's about him as like a he seems to be in the call center dispatch for the police because he's been laid off and then he's meant to go back back out on the road the next day after his court case and you find out he fucking shot a fifteen year old or something. Like And was guilty of it, but he's going back on road after his partner lies in court. It was the stupidest movie, but he's a good actor. So, if you want to see some some nice facial expressions from a good-looking man, go no further than the Dockers. I meant I meant the guilty. Watch that movie. It's on Netflix. So, um, I went to Athens a few weeks ago. Yeah, I've got to be honest, I was a little bit let down. As you know, this podcast is majority historical and... Me and Macca do like our history, particularly me and my ancient history, and I realised more of Athens was in the British Museum than was in fucking Athens. And I also met more British people when I was in Athens than Greek people. I was at a hostel, to be fair. I've found there's a lot of posh people in England, though. A lot of them get quite offended. Yeah. Anyway, more on that later. Today, we have a particularly exciting topic, and that topic is about Ernest Hemingway, an author from the 20th century. Now some of you might know of his work, The Man in the Sea, Um, can't remember any of his other books right now, but he he wrote 10 novels in total, and they're considered classics, and he was quite well known for his very blunt style of writing. His best story though, may have been his own life. Now, I've been reading up a lot on him lately, and every time I read further, I'll find out another detail. It's like those shitty Marvel movies, how every movie, there could be a character in there that then gets its own fucking spin-off movie. His life seems to be that. everyone he butted heads with could have their own movie series, not just movie. So I'm going to go into the life of Ernst Hemingway. Wayne. And this will be the majority of the episode today. Now, as I said, we don't have each other to bounce off. So if I am talking complete shit and the fact is not true, Macca is not here to correct me. But I, I, I'm sure all of you will message and tell me to shut up. Anyway, I'm going to go as best as I can with the, the factual side of Ernst Hemmingsway's life. So he grew up in America, was a regular kid, Apart from his name, Ernst. It's it's it said Ernest, but it's spelt Ernst. I don't know, Americans, you know. Anyway, he signed up for you know, he fished, he grew up with his dad, had a bit of a difficult relationship with his dad. Anyway, he signed up for World War One in the last year of the war as an ambulance driver when he was eighteen years old, and was sent to the Italian front. Now, for those who don't know, the last year of the war was nineteen eighteen, meaning his date of birth was either 1899 or 1900 Uh, he worked near a munitions factory where he states that he collected whole bodies some days, once the entire bodies were collected, he would then collect the body parts now it's quite a gruesome job and I think this is what started his kind of taste for the dangerous and the not so much blood, he wasn't a serial killer, but more the, 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 the excitingness of life the darker parts of life One time, he writes, that he brought some cigarettes to some soldiers. And when he brought them the cigarettes, a grenade was thrown and he was severely wounded in the legs by shrapnel flying around. Now, he helped the soldiers for the next hour and a half until they were all safely in tents getting treated or out of the area. Then he went to treat himself. Now, he was so badly wounded that he had to spend six, six months in a hospital. That would suck. Now, just after he left the uh, France, and he was after he'd left hospital, uh, well after the war ended, he moved to Toronto in Canada for a bit where he met a girl and then married this girl who, I would like to say, because she's married, is now a woman. I don't know how it worked back then. But anyway, they moved to Paris. Now, this was in the 1920s now. This is when his life starts to get pretty interesting. He started mixing heads with some pretty... Pretty big names in history the most notable and the only one that I recognized was Pablo Picasso the modern artist I went to a modern art museum here in London recently the Tate Museum I'm sure it's good but it's hard to get into modern art if you're not really into it there was one artwork for example that was in a large frame probably about the size of a door and it had its own section, it covered, it took up an entire wall almost, even though it was only the size of a door, right? That's how important this display was. And all I could see on it was a, a bluish shade, and the name of the artwork was Blue. What the fuck? Anyway, that's a side note of something I saw. Now, back to it's uh, Hemingway. He would often go to Spain. with his, He had a mistress, Pauline, and they were going to Spain a lot. Now, whilst he was in Spain, he became entranced with the sport of bullfighting, became obsessed with it, and he saw it as a game of life and death. Now, this might be where Hemingway starts to really get attracted to the danger of life. He's already gotten a taste for it. He's already meeting some famous people. Some, some who were quite well known. Pablo Picasso was... He wasn't peaking in the 20s, but he was, he was well known. Ernst had already written a book or two, so he was known. Now, mix that with the whole dying and living. There's a lot of psychology behind famous people, people who are like getting famous, that work from nothing, and this idea of invincibility, more so of being remembered in history, if you get my drift. Anyway, so he would loved to drink or two, Mr. Hemingway. in a bathroom in Paris one night, he got so pissed that he pulled a string, thinking it was a toilet flush, which was actually a skylight, and he injured his head as as the fucking roof caved in. Anyways, uh, shortly after this, he married his mistress, Pauline, who was now his second wife, and returned to the United States. He heard the news about his father's health when he was there, and this led him to be quite depressed, and sent a letter to his father, saying he would sort it all out, and the letter arrived minutes after his death. It's quite Shakespearean. Just the bad, bad timing, really. Now, whether or not it did arrive minutes after, probably not. Who knows? But it's a cool story. And don't let facts get in the way of a cool story. And that is the motto of Avra. So he moved to Florida with his wife, Pauline, just after this. And they received a house as a wedding gift. Tony, I won't even go into that. That is, that is 100 years ago and a different world. It was next to a lighthouse... Now, being quite a heavy drinker, this helped when finding his home when drunk. So we're not even halfway through this guy's story, and he's lived in about four continents, and one of his houses where he lived was next to a lighthouse. This, This would be a really good biopic, and they probably have made one, but I haven't seen it. Now, he then went to an African safari and contracted amoebic dysentery, which I don't actually know what that is, but it's a disease, and he got it in Africa. That's the gist of it. He then bought a boat and he started sailing and drinking all throughout the Caribbean. Wow, this is where it gets cool. This is when he was asked to be a war correspondent for the Spanish Civil War. Now, the Spanish Civil War was, I don't know a hell of a lot about it, but we will do an episode about it soon. Because we may or may not be having a guest on who's written a book about it, and her families may have been involved in it, but we'll get to that later. The Spanish Civil War, though, was led by Franco Francisco of the fascist regime, who was in till the mid-1970s. So fascism and the whole killing social engineering and the whole idea of Hitler and all them, that It's not that irrelevant in some parts of the world, particularly Spain, where there's many people within living memory that knew of, had seen, or dealt in some way, or were affected by Franco Francisco. Now, he went to the Spanish Civil War with his friend and fellow novelist, John Dos Passos. Now, this is one of those side stories I was talking about. This guy could have his own movie. Now, I won't go into him, but basically he was a friend and fellow novelist, and he left pretty quickly because his friend was arrested and executed. Now, despite being decent reasoning for fleeing a civil war where your friend was tortured, arrested, and executed, Hemingway still called him a coward. Now, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Now, this is when Hemingway married another, another woman called Martha. So he's now on to his third wife. And he decided, let's go to Cuba. Now, this was during World War II. And he was a bit well-known. He had a boat. He had some money. He was a known correspondent in the Spanish Civil War. He'd written a book. Now, he got Cuban authorities to adapt his boat to be equipped for fighting so he could go and ambush German subs on his own. So this guy just, he likes the adrenaline hit. He, He likes to get in the way of some danger. So he then became naturally, as you do, as a novelist he, he became a leader of a group in the French resistance during the war. Now he was during the war and his correspondence he was president d day he was there for the liberation of Paris, as I mentioned he led a, a fucking group of the french resistance i don 't even know if he spoke French, but in the last year of the war, he was in London as a correspondent now. With his involvement with the French resistance, he had to go on trial for that, as journalists aren't really allowed to get involved in all that. not sure of the legal technicalities, but there there was some sort of trial. So now he's been to court for one of the 50 things he did during the war. So whilst there was a battle in Luxembourg in one of the years of the war, he had a fever and couldn't make it. So he organised a ride to take him there. Now, as he was already sick and his immune system's down, as we all know from COVID, if your immune system's down you get something else, you're not going to have a great time. He contracted pneumonia. Now, shortly after this, he was concussed from a car crash and was in hospital for a while again. So add to his list, he had amoebic dysentery. He, he had a head injury from a skylight falling on his head. He had, has pneumonia, then concussed from a car accident. Now, when he was in hospital... He uh, asked Martha to come and and see him. Now, Martha had to travel with a bunch of soldiers because Hemingway wouldn't get her a journalist past. Now, I'm not sure what else has gone on in their marriage, but for this reason, allegedly, is why she left him, which, you know, if I had to travel with a bunch of men with guns on a train, uh, it wouldn't be that bad. You feel safe, at least. Anyway, this led him to be quite heartbroken and unable to move on he he struggled quite a bit. Started drinking heavily, and he met a lady and proposed to her immediately. So now we're up to no, wife number four. Now after the war, uh, before his his big finale, he uh he he had a lot of injuries and a lot of illnesses. He had a head injury. He had a knee injury. He, he was hypertensive, so high blood pressure. Had diabetes. Now. Uh, there were a fair few deaths of his close friends during this time. And this this led him to be quite depressed. And in, the, in his struggle with depression, he booked a sightseeing flight for him and his wife to Africa to, you know, cheer himself up, have a good time, have a laugh. Now, on the way to the safari, the plane crashed. Now, all he got from this, this plane crash was a concussion, which is unfortunate, but, you know, for a plane crash, that's all right. The next day... A rescue plane came for him. They got in the plane. It exploded. You did hear that, right? It exploded. Now, this gave him a dislocated shoulder, burns, two cracked discs, a broken skull, a cerebral spinal fluid leak, a kidney puncture, and liver, f- liver puncture. Now, a lot of papers at the time mistakenly reported him dead. A few weeks later, Hemingway... Oh, Sorry. That's an exaggeration. Two months later, Hemingway went on a fishing trip with his family. Now, while he was on this fishing trip, a bushfire broke out and he received second-degree burns on his legs, arms, torso, and face. So we have a long list here of things, injuries and illnesses that have happened to him, particularly uh, traumatic ones. So in the next year, he won a Nobel Prize in literature and he was quite unimpressed with it because he thought he only got it for the big deal about his alleged death. Now, we haven't even gone into his work, really. We've only been talking about his, his life right now. Now, his work is brilliant. I do implore all of you try and read The Man in the Sea. That's the, the main one that I, I remember. Um, I haven't read too many of the others, but, but I've seen some of his quotes, and he was definitely a very very smart, pessimistic guy. Anyway, so he thought he only got this big prize because it was, you know, his death was so public and all that. He became a real heavy drinker after that and became extremely paranoid about the FBI following him. His friends, you know, you're paranoid he's a bit, he's drinking and all that. It was later proven that the FBI were, in fact, following him. Um, there's a little side note. Uh, he went to a, a clinic and tried to get electric shock retreat treatment. This got him even more depressed and, unfortunately... His wife arrived home one day to find him killed from his favourite shotgun. That was a bit of a sad ending. Anyways, that, that is the life of Ernst Hemingway in a, a brief overview. He, he lived a life. He's pretty cool. He had a lot of marriages. He had a lot of injuries. And he probably met Franco Francisco. I'm just making that up. Maybe he didn't. But cool life. Anyways, this was the first of maybe a few solo episodes until me and Macca sought out the time difference. I thank you all for listening and a bra.